The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Annabelle Bean was suffering from an incurable digestive disorder when she met Jesus after falling headfirst into a hollowed out tree. And I didn't really know where I was until I saw my Mimi who had passed a couple of years back and then I kind of registered, I must be in heaven. And so I sat on Jesus' lap and he told me, Annabelle, the firefighters are going to get you out and whenever they do, there will be no more pain. We have the most exciting guest, and, and we, we've got a miracle. Now, now, here's the thing. We have a daughter in heaven, okay? She's, we, you, you know, you really may think about heaven a little bit more uh, when somebody's there that's real close, like a child or family member. Uh, Jesus is there, but, but here's the deal. Sometimes somebody visits heaven, and they're still here. And there's no question a miracle occurred, and we, we have such a miracle. And uh, there's a book here that tells the story, Miracles from Heaven. It's about a little girl and her journey to heaven and her amazing story of miraculous, undeniable, medically confirmed, you can't dodge it, a miracle of what happened. When a terrible thing happened that turned into something wonderful. Uh, and we've got Christy, the mom, and we've got Annabelle, the miracle girl that did have an experience in heaven, the Beam family, and they are here. Would you welcome Annabelle and would you welcome Christy to life today? Christy, <laughs> Annabelle, how are you? You know, I, I told you that I just, I just really do like you. You have such a sweet, sweet expression. And how old are you, Annabelle? I'm 12. You're 12. How old were you when this miracle occurred? Nine. You were nine. And uh, tell us about it, uh, Christy, what happened? Because this is quite the shock. I mean, you're in South Fort Worth, Burleson, and you have some property where there's some huge cottonwood trees. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of those cottonwood trees had a situation that you didn't know about. But just tell me the story of what took place even before the tree. What was this beautiful girl dealing with that really was a great concern to the whole family? Annabelle, when she was about four to five years old, started dealing with, um, she was diagnosed with two incurable intestinal disorders. And um, they have very long, confusing names. Well, but, go, ahead and, go ahead and say them. Um, some people might understand that. I won't, but go ahead and say it in case some do. Um, Pseudo-obstruction motility disorder and antral hypomotility disorder. So and what was it doing? So what it means is that her intestines didn't work correctly. They did not have the ability to fire synchronically to push the food through and out her system. So she was in severe pain. Um, drinking and eating was a challenge. Um, some days our prayer would just be to get soft foods, if not, you know, that much liquid down in a day successfully. Um, she was in and out of the hospital a lot. The last year of her disorder, she was in the hospital. She was hospitalized nine times, no less than five days each time. Wow. Was this something that she was born with, or just, or it just showed up later on? It, it we don't know, yeah. but it, it did appear when she was about 
she struggled when she was about four, and then she had a major surgery when she was five. And, and that uh, didn't really correct it to any no. degree? and that was kind of the beginning of our, of our long journey. And um, Annabelle had struggled, and then we were in the hospital in Boston. We used to travel back and forth to Boston um, for treatments. And when we were in Boston, she had given up hope and said she wanted to die and go live with Jesus where there is no pain. Mm -hmm. And um, we struggled with that, with Annabelle not wanting to live anymore. You thought she was serious about it. She, she was. was very serious. Mm -hmm. And we got home from Boston, and Annabelle um, had decided that that particular day she was okay to go play with her sisters and they decided that they would go climb some trees out on our property. Hmm. And um, this particular tree is a um, very old cottonwood tree and the, they decided to climb about 30 feet in the air and they were sitting on a branch. And that branch began to give way and in a brilliant plan of safety to get down, Annabelle ended up falling inside the tree 30 feet head first and landed. Had, nobody had any idea it was hollow. Correct. Mm. We had no idea it was hollow and she ended up inside the trunk of the hollowed out tree um, at the base, at the bottom. So all she's alone. a nine-year-old, she's climbing, a limb gives way. She perhaps dove for safety Correct. and actually went right down inside a hollow tree, which is hard to imagine. And I know cottonwoods, and this was extremely big cottonwood, huge, and hollowed, hard to imagine. 30 feet, she actually fell. Okay, what head, happened after head that? First. Head, head first. Head first. Um, so our oldest daughter, Abby, um, got me, and I went out, realized the situation, called my husband, he came, and then... And when she said to you, the older... Uh, sister, she's in a tree. Did you think she's in a tree absolutely. sitting on a limb? It and we need to get her down. Absolutely. I thought she was stuck up inside the tree at the top, you know, on Yeah, a just limb. sitting around on a limb or something. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And so then I didn't even take my cell phone out to where the, the grove of trees um, are located because I didn't, it just never occurred to me. Then I raced back, got my phone, raced back, called Kevin, who also I don't think it registered the reality. But then when it, the severity of the situation hit us, we called 911, and it took them three hours to get her out, and they had never done a rescue like that. So the so fireman... she's down inside the tree 30 feet. They have to get ladders, get up there. Now, did your sister, I thought you said maybe, did she drop a flashlight when she looked, was she surprised probably to look down and see where you were? Um, probably because... I think what she was thinking was, oh, it's only a foot or two, and then once I get down, then she can get down. She didn't, we, none of us really thought it would be hollowed out all the way down. Mm -hmm. And so she, um, they were Did she all, drop a light to you? Yes, they, after like, I got out of the tree, Abby told me that she dropped a light down to me, but it kept on going and going and going, <laughs> and she, like could see me for like a split second because whenever the light hit the ground, it broke. Oh. And whenever I did wake up, it was pitch black and so I like tried to fumble to turn on the light, but there was no, I couldn't find the switch to turn it on. Now were you, were you afraid while you were down here in the bottom of the tree? I wasn't really like afraid, you know? Most people would be like, oh my gosh, I'm in the bottom of the tree, I'm gonna <laughs> die or something like that. But I went up to heaven and I remember that it was very bright and I didn't really know where I was until I saw my Mimi who had passed a couple of years back and then I kind of registered, I must be in heaven. 
And so I sat on Jesus's lap and he told me, Annabelle, the firefighters are going to get you out and whenever they do, there will be no more pain. He told you that? Well, no he said pain. I was going to be okay. Yeah, okay. And that's what that meant to you because not okay was all the pain, right? Well, what I thought at the time was no bumps or bruises or a fractured neck because oh, I had okay. fallen head first. I didn't really think my disease is going to be cured. I thought no like broken neck, mm -hmm. no bumps or bugs. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought like you will be okay meant at the time. Sure. That's understandable. Okay. Now here she is. Y'all are trying to get her out. You've got 911. They're trying to figure out how to get down in it. Okay. Finish it out. So they did an amazing rescue with um, a series of pulleys and ladders and um, they were just brilliant. And Annabelle was very calm and very peaceful and she mm. was actually a, a, a very instrumental in her own rescue. And they said they'd never seen anything like it. She was so peaceful. Well, later the next day, she said, um, you know, mom, I went to heaven when I was in that tree. And then she began to share that experience with me. And one of the things she said was that Jesus told her, Annabelle, it's time for you to go back and I'm gonna send my guardian angel to be with you and light the tree. And um, Annabelle said that she wasn't alone and in the dark anymore. And so that was one reason she wasn't afraid. Mm -hmm. And she could see when they lowered the rope to her, she could see how to grab the rope. And when they said, put your leg in here, she knew where to put her leg. And so they, they were able to get her out and, and she was just very peaceful. And um, when they life flighted her to Cooks and they ran many, many, many tests. And they thought she ruptured her spleen. They thought there has to be paralysis, broken bones. And I remember the doctor said, you know, mom, um, Jesus must have been with that little girl in that tree because there was not a bug bite. She was scratched and wet and muddy, but no broken bones, nothing, nothing was wrong with her. Um, and now looking back, um, it had to be what he meant was, you will be healed, Annabelle. She is, when she went into the tree, she was on 10 medications to make her system work poorly at best, and she's on nothing now. How long did it take? <laughs> How long did it take before you realized that, that that actual healing miracle had occurred and she was just different? Well, um, Quickly, Annabelle realized that there was a change and she didn't complain of her stomach hurting. Um, you know, it was constant and chronic and she was just in agony. And immediately her days were better and her eyes were brighter and her color was better. Um, but it took us a while because we were afraid to accept that she was well because if she wasn't well, the reality of having to go back and accept again that she had this incurable disorder was just too too great. But then it was just, um, we just couldn't, re I mean, it was just undeniable. She didn't need the medications, they weaned her off. And, um, you know, we just, she's healed. And what did the doctor say? You know, they don't know. They can't explain it. Um, they don't understand they have no explanation, but they just say that they are sure happy that she fell in that tree. Wow. That's, that's all they say. They would probably say it must have been the, the, the jar or the shock effect or something, would, or do they even try to explain it? They don't. They do not know. Um, and did you try to explain it here in the, in the, in the book? 
No, we just are grateful. Um, we just feel like Annabelle's story is a, a story of hope and of faithfulness. And, um, you know, one of our greatest desires is really um, what we've called a revival in faithfulness. And it's really just where do you see God proving his faithfulness in your life? And where do you see yourself responding in faithfulness back to Christ? What daily do you see as an act in your life showing God you are being faithful? Because he shows us so many times each day his faithfulness to us. How have you seen the response of people when they hear your story and now you've put it in print where everybody can read it and, and literally see the miracle? But what, what do you see happening to people when they hear what, what a wonderful thing happened in a miraculous way to your daughter? It has given so many people hope and encouragement and just to rekindle in the reality of God is real and he is real and alive and he does still work miracles. And even if your story doesn't end in a miracle, it doesn't mean that God isn't working miraculously in your life. That's beautiful. And you know, we don't always get the miracles we pray for. And uh, you've been praying. You certainly wouldn't have expected it this way. No. I'm sure your first uh, joy was that she got out all right. Yes. That nothing was broken. But you didn't expect this miracle. Now, how do you see God using you, your husbands out here, your, your other children? How do you see God now using the family? Because I guess your husband is, is working. And mm -hmm. what, 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 do you, what do you see God doing with the family? What are you looking at? We just feel like we've been called to share our story and to just really continue to encourage others to um, just listen to our message of hope and just um, respond to the call of reacting faithfully to um, prayer and to praying for others and being involved in others' lives. We had so many people praying for Annabelle and for us because it was a very dark time. It's a very dark illness and she was in so much agony and it was so, so hard. Um, and I really think we wouldn't have gotten through if it wasn't for so many prayers of others um, who were called to pray for us and that we will never know how many prayers were prayed for us. And so even now, if you feel called to pray for others, respond faithfully. Well, you know, I've, I've tried to make it clear to everybody who watches not to, not to take lightly the power of prayer. Uh, you know, my story when uh, I grew up without a home, but the alcoholic father who had raped my mother when she conceived, came back in her life, tried to kill her, came in drunk, told me he was going to kill me, and I had a rifle, and I pointed it at him in self-defense and told him if he moved, I'd kill him, that I would shoot him. And he never moved. I said, if you move a finger, I'm going to shoot you. And I called the operator. We didn't have 911. We called the operator. She sent uh, the police. The sheriff showed up and arrested my father. He was in prison for about seven years in the penitentiary. But had he moved, had he just done this, I would have shot him. And, and I've had people ask me, well, you know, they, they'd say, why do you think he didn't move? Because a church, and you, you're in a Baptist church, and Baptists believe in miracles because they believe the Bible, and they believe miracles. Sometimes we kind of sell the miracle short, and we shouldn't because we kind of outthink God. We know the Bible, and sometimes we kind of think beyond Him, and we shouldn't. But this little Baptist church, just like your church, mm -hmm. they were praying for me, and I believe that's what kept my dad still. So when you look at all that's around you right now that needs, needs to be corrected, one of the things that has really troubled me, and probably you all too, and I know, Betty, because you and I have talked about it, 
We don't hear our nation's leaders calling us to our knees. A lot of times we don't hear our pastors calling us to our knees before God. And we realize, and this really is the truth, you don't just pray and not recognize God puts feet to prayers. Oftentimes it's our feet. You don't just pray God do something. Oftentimes God tells us to do something. He actually will tell us what to do if we'll ask him. But we need to go to God in prayer. Here's a miracle prayer. You did not expect it to be answered this way. No. Nobody did. No. But it was answered, and it's a miracle. And you're rejoicing about it, don't you, Annabelle? <laughs> you're happy. You're so at peace a while ago. I thought we were going to go to sleep right here on the TV show. <laughs> because she's just at rest, and she really is. This is the peace of God. And I'm telling you, this is an incredible story. I mean, it's a, it's a miracle story. Uh, she actually said she saw her, her Mimi, and you saw a, didn't you have a miscarriage? Did you say you saw this, this child? Yes. Um... I described her as a mix of my older sister and my mom and Wow. I she was kinda like I was like she kinda looks familiar and so I asked him who she was and he said that was that it's your sister. Wow. See here's the thing, children don't make this stuff up. I mean heaven is for real, it is for real. And it is a place that we can spend eternity. But here's the thing I wish you'd understand. Uh, we can bring heaven here by Jesus in us. And you see heaven in these, this beautiful mom and her daughter. And her dad's sitting out here, and he's got joy in his life. I mean, he's a, uh, he's a man that's got the peace of God on him because he saw a miracle. He was there to get his daughter out of the tree and help do it and didn't dream she was in the tree, and God got her out. But the miracle of what God did, they want everybody to know this miracle. And here's the thing you need to understand. God wants to be a miracle in your life for others. He wants people to see Jesus in you. Father, I pray for everyone watching that they'll realize I've been left here for a reason, to reveal heaven right now in me, in us, and your greatness, God, in Jesus' name. I'm so glad you watched. Would you say thanks to God and thanks to this beautiful family? And thanks for the story, Miracles from Heaven. I tell you what, it's in the bookstores. You can get it online, but if you'd like to have it, we're going to ask you to be a part of a miracle. And if you'd like to have the book, you just help us give an undeniable miracle to those in need. And this is not wishful thinking. This is not, well, I wish I could see a miracle. This is, I can be a miracle. This is for certain. This is an absolute. Watch closely because you are the answer. You're the miracle. The news bombards us daily with a new crisis breaking out somewhere in the world. And in the midst of these devastating outbreaks, there is one crisis that is often forgotten. It is the never-ending food crisis. Every six seconds, a child dies from hunger somewhere in the world. That is 10 children every minute. Africa is no exception children dying simply because they don't have enough food to eat. Our mission teams have seen the effects of severe malnutrition and the toll it takes on little children's bodies as this silent killer steals the very life from them, slowly and painfully. As our mission teams survey areas of need, what they find most often is a grieving mother left only with the memory of her child's death at the hands of starvation. Elizabeth's story is no different, yet no less heartbreaking. I'm not going to talk to you. 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 I
She's holding now her two-month-old, a newborn little boy, and we're just praying that God will bless them with a much more beautiful future. As our teams prepare to return with stories like these, they often only have a prayer of comfort to offer those who are hurting. But with your help, we can provide food to Elizabeth's child and the thousands of other mothers whose children so desperately need our help. Dear God, I pray that every person watching will be the answer to that need. Betty and I went to South Sudan. It's been such a crisis situation. Very dangerous there, actually. It was dangerous when we went, Betty. We went with Franklin Graham years mm -hmm. ago. And, and Franklin wanted us to go not only to see the need and help meet it, but he wanted us to see the beauty of the Christians there that loved Jesus so much that they actually met us with joy in their heart, even though they were hungry and needy, even though they'd been pressed away from their homes by the warring factions there. And right now there's a, an incredible outbreak of just horrible death and killing and a tremendous need, just like you heard described. Franklin and I stood there, Betty, by two emaciated boys that we just really prayed God would resurrect them with love, and sure enough, he did. We have seen so many miracles occur, and here's, here's the reason it happens. We've got 400,000 right now located that we have organized into feeding areas for this tremendous crisis, and an additional 25,000 in addition to that 400,000 in Sudan where it's really, really serious at the moment. And we're asking you to help us feed them for the next months. Now, here's, here's the reality. The, mir the miracle of the missionaries and the relief workers planting their lives in that pain. All they're asking us to do is give us the ability, they say, to feed them and care for them. And our viewers, now for years, saving millions and millions of lives and leading millions to Christ. The greatest move of salvation is on the continent of Africa. No question about it. And it's because of love demonstrated, not just proclaimed, but demonstrated. And that's what we've been doing. When I say we, that's all of us. We're able to feed three children. Think about this. This is amazing, but it's so true. And everybody can help. We can feed three children for the next several months for $30. Feed them every day. Whatever the crisis need is, we can meet it. With $50, we can feed five. Think about that. $50. $100, we can feed 10. And I always ask our viewers, start at the high end. Always start doing the greater. Could you help us save the lives of 10 children by giving them food and their families? Would you make a $100 gift and help us take care of 10? 50 will help five, 33. Father, let everyone know, no small gifts. We're giving life in Jesus' name. You give a wonderful gift of $1,000. You say, why do you say that, James? Because I know there are people who can and I know you will joyfully, and we're able to care for 100. Please, right now, go to lifetoday.org. Would you do that? Get up and move there, and use your bank card, just like it's a check, or if you want to dial that number there on the screen, please dial it. Take your bank card and make the gift that God puts on your heart. Use that card like a check. We have some beautiful gifts to send you. I want to promise you something. You read this book by Philip Yancey and Dr. Paul Brand, 
and you're going to see how your body is fearfully and wonderfully made, but how the body of Christ should function. This is one of the most fabulous things I have ever put my hands on. I believe if we get the message in this book, the body of Christ will begin to get healthy when we see how God made this body. Please let us send this to you. One of our greatest friends and co-laborers, Dudley Hall, has taught heirs to the kingdom. CDs or flash drive, we'll send it to you. You make the gift that God put on your heart. We also have a wonderful story, the Word of God in story fashion that will bless you and the Thomas Kincaid painting. We want to bless you with gifts because you're giving the greatest gift. You see, we're here to bless you. The testimonies and stories bless you. The program and outreach blesses you. But you're blessing others, and we simply say thank you, and we want to inspire you and encourage you. Please right now go online, lifetoday.org, or dial the number down the screen. Make the gift God put on your heart. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa. And those at greatest risk are the children. This month, 400,000 children are depending on us for survival. And now in South Sudan, the suffering has intensified and our feeding efforts are desperately needed by an additional 25,000 children. Our mission teams are in place, but your support is critically needed to replenish and distribute food supplies immediately. When you call or go online today and make a life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100, you will provide urgently needed food to three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. As our way of saying thank you, we'll send you Heirs to the Kingdom, four powerful messages on audio CD or USB flash drive. You'll also receive the award-winning book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed 10 children, please request The Story, a running narrative Bible to help you engage with God's Word more easily. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed 100 children, you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, we just also not only want to say thank you for helping, but we want to tell you about the miracles from heaven. The little girl, her journey to heaven, and her amazing story of miraculous healing. Be happy to send that to you. It is in the bookstores. You want to get it for friends. Would you join us in saying thanks to Christy and Annabelle again for being with us? You're a big blessing. You're a blessing. All of you are a blessing. And remember this to bless you and help you find our way out of darkness and defeat. Go to stream.org every day. Go down for your news and in the good news and direction. Thank you so much for watching. Introducing Stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. 
Stream.org is a new information stream where those concerned about our nation's course can now gather for news, wisdom, and inspiration. Working together, we will see the promise declared in Psalm 46.4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Be sure to visit stream.org, a news site to unite us. Filmmaker Brian Ivey found out about a pastor who set up a way to save unwanted babies. And uh, I, I set out to win Sundance and got saved instead. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.